Hello everyone. It's good to see you and a special welcome for those joining us online. I can see the ones who are still in their pyjamas, aren't you? Oh, look, confessional time because, you know, when we were online, yeah, I was wearing my Jimmy Jammies as well. Guess what? What? There's only 19 sleeps in, until Christmas. I know, right? And a couple of weeks ago, I spent the whole day decorating the house. And it, it's a big job, right? But I love it. I love the lights. I love the decorations. I love Christmas carols. I love the food. I love gathering together with family and friends. I love Christmas. I just really love everything about it. And all over the world, Christmas is celebrated in different ways with different traditions and festivities and different celebrations that happen all over the place. And in many countries in Europe and in South America, they celebrate on the 24th, Christmas Eve. Do we have anyone here celebrates on the 24th? Yes, I can see those hands. That's it. That's the way. And with uh, Orthodox Christians, they actually celebrate Christmas on or around the 7th of January. So, of course, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's in December, it's winter, right? And I don't know about you, but I would love to have a white Christmas. I, I feel like bursting out into song. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And the closest I actually got to that was many years ago. I was in Idaho. I know, right? In Idaho. And the week before Christmas, I was actually praying, let it snow, let it snow. And then came Christmas, got nothing. Didn't have anything. Uh, I think it snowed probably in the new year. So at least I got to see snow, but it wasn't on Christmas Day. And of course, with us Aussies, you know, it's warm here. and We love our Barbies and um, people, you know, we moved from Sydney and in Bondi. Bondi's packed Christmas Day. It's pretty much all backpackers. But anyway, um, they love to be outdoors. And when I share that with, with friends overseas, they just can't even imagine that you would actually go to the beach on Christmas Day. But that's Aussie for you. Got to love Aussie culture. So who here has their own family tradition? Anybody have a special family tradition? Nobody? Oh, wow. Missing out. Well, we grew up with family traditions. Now, maybe for those of you who are joining us online, you can put in the chat a family tradition that you have at Christmas. Now, a family tradition that I grew up with as a kid was on Christmas morning, my dad would make breakfast and it always consisted of bacon and eggs and he'd buy the, you know, the really big ham that you could barely fit into the fridge and he'd slice that ham. But the thing with um, Christmas, that tradition that I struggled with as a child, that dad would number one, sleep in, and number two, we were not allowed to open our presents until after we had breakfast. So I know, right? So my siblings and I, we just scoff our breakfast down because we wanted to get to the serious stuff. Open the presents. So dad, I know you're listening and I love you and I thank you for that tradition. It was amazing and it really taught me lots of patience. Anyway, that was our, our tradition. Now in America, and I'm not sure if it's actually a tradition per se, but you know, they love their Christmas jumpers. 
and they call them sweaters, right? And I think we've got a picture on the screen of um, some Christmas sweaters here. Now, I found this picture on the internet and the page was called the 44 ugliest Christmas sweaters ever. <laughs> now, I think that's a bit harsh, but anyway, imagine Christmas Day, right? Just, just work with me here. And um, Nick and I come to church and he's got this, this Christmas jumper on, this really big picture of me with my hat and, and I've got it on with, with him and I know some of you are getting really scared right now, like where is she going with this? Yes, there's going to be scripture and plenty of it. Um, but, you know, don't worry, that will never happen. It would never allow that to happen. And plus, it's way too warm, isn't it, to wear those beautiful Christmas sweaters. I, I, one year, we've got to do it. Uh, anyway, moving right along, a couple of weeks ago, we started a new series called Christmas is a Time. And Jono kicked it off when he said Christmas is a time to sacrifice. And last week we heard from um, Graham Carnell and he said Christmas is a time for renewal. And today I'm going to be speaking about Christmas is a time for celebration. And when you think of the word celebration, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, maybe it's party. I think of party. To celebrate is to acknowledge a significant or happy day or event. It's a social gathering. It's an enjoyable activity. Celebrating is all about observing and commemorating and honouring and recognising and acknowledging and remembering. Don't all those words embrace when we get together for Holy Communion and we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Christmas is a time for celebration. It sounds so exciting, right? Yet for many people, it's actually a really painful time of year. There's a lot of heartbreak and it's stressful and a lot of sorrow for people. So the word Christmas and celebration for some people are two words they actually wouldn't put together. And from a commercial point of view, you know, there's a lot of hype around Christmas, isn't there? And there's a lot of expectation around Christmas and what it should be with this family fun and festivities and all the rest of it. It's a lot of unrealistic expectation. You know, it's typically known to be celebrated with our family and our friends and our loved ones, a time of joy and coming together. The traditions that we share that are close to our hearts, that, we, that are endearing to us. So all that sounds beautiful, but what if we don't have that? Then what? Many people at Christmas are hurting and lonely. And there was a, a survey done in Australia by the Red Cross a few years ago. And, it's, and it said this national survey found for nearly one in four Australians, loneliness is a regular part of their lives. That's a regular part of their lives. And making the month of December a month of anything but cheer and celebration. Christmas is a time for celebration, but for many that's a really difficult thing to face. And Christmas can be painful for people for many reasons. As I talked about, you know, the expectation that Christmas has that's thrown out there to us. 
But what about people who are estranged and disconnected from family? That can be really difficult, can't it? I know in, in, uh, on my side of the family, there, there's struggles in that area and it brings pain to, to the family. And sometimes you gather with people on Christmas Day and that pain's there and, you know, you'll put on your happy face. Yay, it's Christmas. Woohoo! But inside there's a lot of pain. How about pain for those that are so disconnected from family that they don't see them at all? Maybe they haven't talked for many years. It can also be painful for financial pressure. Now, it's tough, as I said, the Christmas hype, you know, the gift giving, all the rest of it. And we've had a tough year this year and people have lost jobs. There's that financial pressure. So it's kind of hard to celebrate when you feel that. Christmas can be painful for the loss of a loved one. In 2014, uh, my oldest nephew uh, died suddenly. It was a big shock to the family. That was six weeks before Christmas. And I remember actually a couple of days after Christmas, I spoke a message on hope, but we were hurting. There was a lot of pain. I just want to pause for a moment and um, acknowledge people who have lost a loved one this year. I see you're here with us, Marianne, and we love you dearly. And others who have lost a loved one this year or maybe a few years ago, it, it's hard. There's it pain and that sorrow there. I just want you to know that we love you and we're praying for you. Christmas can be painful for those who are going through a separation or a divorce. It was interesting in an Australian article that stated, whilst most of us use the Christmas period to celebrate and surround ourselves with loved ones, the silly season is also the biggest time for marriages to go into meltdown. It's tough, isn't it? Christmas is a time to celebrate where people are feeling so emotionally pulled apart. So with everything going in our lives right now and all over the world, so much sorrow for many, why would people still want to celebrate Christmas? And I guess thinking about that, it really depends on the individual and the meaning that it has for you. So if Christmas to you is just another holiday where you eat way too much food and spend way too much money, well, I guess that could be disappointing. Those expectations of what it should be have not been met. And I know I'm stating the obvious when I'm talking to Christians, but knowing the real reason why we celebrate, we need not ever be disappointed or in despair or discouraged. Who remembers the catchphrase? I don't know if they say it so much now, but it was, Jesus is the reason for the season. You know, we'd wear bumpers, we'd have bumper stickers and we'd have it on our clothes or something like that. And I know that it sounds a, a little bit, you know, flippant to say it that way, but it's actually knowing and understanding the true message of Christmas that actually gives us much cause to celebrate. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 4. He says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. 
And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call our Abba Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. Since you are his child, God has made you his heir. This is a powerful passage of scripture. It's actually quite profound. And to unpack this, I pray that I'll I'll be able to articulate it and I, I cry out to the Holy Spirit because getting a revelation of what Paul is saying here will change our lives forever. We'll change the way we see Christmas forever and how we actually celebrate Christmas. In this passage of scripture, Paul uses the illustration of slavery to show that before Christ came and died for our sins, people were in bondage to the law, thinking they could be saved by it. And they kept trying and trying and failing in that area to keep it. They couldn't keep the law. But we who were once slaves are now God's very own children and we can have an intimate relationship with God. Because of Christ, there is no reason to be afraid of God. We are welcome to come into his throne room and have fellowship and relationship with him. We can come boldly into his presence knowing that he will welcome us as his family members. There's God, arms outstretched wide, welcoming us into his family. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time breaking down these verses in two parts. So let me read again Galatians um, 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. When the right time came, the right time, God sent his son. He is the God of perfect timing. He's never early and he's never late and he's always right on time. And maybe you're thinking, well, I've been praying for a long time. I don't know. I think God's timing's a bit off because things haven't come through for me just right now or the way that I I think it should. But no, God in his timing. You see, for centuries, the Jews were wondering when the Messiah would come. And for Jews today, they're still waiting for the Messiah to come, unless, of course, they're Messianic Jews. But the God of the perfect timing, you know, We never need to give up hope because God knows. God knows what's happening in your life. We can trust his judgment. He has our best interests in his heart. We're the apple of his eye. He's the right time. Now, Jesus was born of a woman. He was human. He was born a Jew and he was subject to God's law And he fulfilled it perfectly. Thus, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Because he was fully human, he never sinned. He was incredible. His death brought freedom for us who were enslaved to sin so that we could be adopted into God's family. 
How amazing is that? That sacrifice that Jesus had done for us is absolutely incredible and so worth celebrating. You know, this is really interesting because under Roman law, an adopted child, listen to this, was guaranteed all legal rights to his father's property, even if he was formerly a slave. He was not second-class son. He was equal to all other sons, biological or adopted, into his father's family. Wow. Isn't that incredible? And in verses 6 and 7, it says, And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. We're children of the most high God. We are in his family. He's adopted us and we share with Jesus all the rights to God's resources in heaven. As God's heirs, we can claim what he has provided for us, our full identity as children of God. Wow. Knowing who we are in Christ and for those who feel rejected, for those who feel abandoned, for those who feel lonely, knowing who you are in Christ, that you are adopted sons and daughters and that he loves you so deeply and intimately, that he'll never leave you or never forsake you, that he's always there. I would say that's worth celebration. Now, in the video that uh, we played just before I got up, the video is called Celebrate the Saviour. And I love how it reminds us that we celebrate baby Jesus, the manger, the joy of the season. But we should remember that Jesus did not remain a baby. Jesus turned out to be the profound reason to celebrate the birth of a child because he became our healer. In Matthew 9.35, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Now, there's over 40 verses in the Bible when it comes to referring to Jesus' healing. And I actually wonder, in his three years of ministry, how many people were healed? In the book of John, it says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for all the books that would be written. That's a lot of stuff right there. I wonder when we get to heaven if we'll, we'll have eternity and we'll be able to see what happened, like all the miracles and the healing, healings. I, I'd love to see that. But he's not only our heal, healer physically, but emotionally. And in Luke uh, chapter 14, Jesus actually quotes from the book of Isaiah when he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom 
for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Now, to be oppressed is to feel persecuted, abused, ill-treated, bruised, enslaved, downtrodden and shattered. But Jesus came to set the oppressed free. Just let me hydrate myself while you think of that thought for a moment, what Jesus has done. He's also the healer of broken hearts. Is your heart broken today? Are you hurting? Jesus is the healer of broken hearts. In Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And in the New Living Translation, it says, He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I'm very visual when I read the Bible. I visualise what's happening. And just, just think of this picture right now of Jesus coming and rescuing, rescuing those who are crushed those who are brokenhearted. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I think it is. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. So he became our healer. He became our teacher. In Mark 6.34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. In Matthew 7, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching. And once again, I picture sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his words. And, you know, I can be a Martha. Many of us know the story of Mary and Martha. Martha running around like a chook with her head cut off, doing work for the Lord. There's Mary sitting at his feet, listening to this profound, incredible teaching. And when we think about people who go to universities, to the top universities, to learn, you know, so that they can get that vocation, they can get their qualifications. You know, they want want to learn, they're getting good teaching. We have the Word of God. We have all the teaching we need from Jesus to know how to live this life and live it well. When we're stuck and we don't know what to do, we can open his word. It's it's living. It's living and it's active. He's a teacher. He also became our example. It says in John 13, you call me teacher. This is Jesus speaking. You call me teacher and Lord. And you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I don't know about you, but that just makes me go, Jesus, the son of the most high God. He came down. He's a king. You know, kings, they get servants all over them and all the rest of it. But he came to serve and to to go down and wash people's feet. What an example Jesus is to us. What a perfect example. An example like when when we're lonely or frustrated or tempted or angry 
we've got this amazing example. When people have hurt us and rejected us and when we feel ripped off by people, what example do we look to? Because our flesh, I know, you know, I want to give them what for. They hurt me. That's it. I'm cutting them off. But then we look to the word of God and the example of Jesus. Bless those who persecute you. But that's what he did. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What an example. Like, wow, this is worth celebrating. He became our Prince of Peace. For us, for to us a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Wow. If you're feeling anxious or troubled, we have a Prince of Peace. And this is the peace that just blows you away because it's a peace, as God's word says, that surpasses all understanding. It actually doesn't make sense. How can we have peace when there's so much turmoil going around us? But yet we have our Prince of Peace. He became our perfect sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 10 is a great chapter to read about that. But in verse 10 of Hebrews 10, it says, and by, uh, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. It was done. Jesus shed his own blood for us. His sacrifice infinitely greater than any Old Testament offering. It was done. He became our salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but they will have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just like you can stop and think about that and all the other noise that's happening in our lives, whatever's going on, and if we just focus on that, it's like, wow. He became our healer. He became our teacher. He became our example. He became our prince of peace. He became our perfect sacrifice. And he became our salvation. At the end of the clip, it said, Jesus died for our sins and rose again. He defeated death, leading us toward heaven. Though he entered the world with humility, he is our eternal king. So let us remember the child and celebrate the Saviour. Can I have a hallelujah in this place? Oh, that's it. And joining us online, I hope you're jumping to your feet and woohoo. That's good news. I know, I get a bit excited. I almost felt like I need one of those poppers, you know. <laughs> Celebration. Can I have the worship team um, come up, please? If you are burdened this Christmas holiday season, Remember, it's all about worshipping him and adoring him. 
for all Jesus has done, bringing honour and glory to his holy name. You know, we are children of the Most High God and we get to spend eternity with him. This is good news. And that's why I can come up here and boldly proclaim Christmas is a time for celebration. Now, maybe you're here tonight. I know most of you don't know everybody here or those joining us online. And maybe you don't know about having a personal relationship with this Jesus I've been talking about. Yeah, we celebrate Christmas and we know the story, but yeah. So maybe you're here and if you're joining us online, I'm speaking to you right now too. You know, God wants to talk to your heart right now. And you can have that personal relationship that I was talking about. You don't need to fear death because you can spend eternity with Jesus where there's no more weeping, no more heartbreak, no more pain, no more suffering, just spending eternity with him as something that as Christians we can all look forward to. But maybe that's what you want and you're not sure what to do. Let me read from you in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I'm going to pray for everybody in a moment. And for those joining us online, maybe you want to know how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you just put in the chat, somebody will contact you, will pray for you. The same here if you want to know more about Jesus, that you can talk to me, one of the staff here. Love to connect with you and love to pray for you. But it's as simple as that, confessing that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, believing in all of our hearts. And you can spend eternity with Jesus. And then you can look at Christmas in a new way and know that there is so much reason to celebrate. So much reason to celebrate. I want to pray now for those who might want to give their hearts to the Lord and also for those who are hurting and lonely, who are broken and crushed in spirit. Will you bow your heads with me now and let me pray. Oh, Father, I just want to come before you now. and You're just so amazing. You sent your son Jesus for us. We didn't deserve it, Lord, but you did it anyway so that we could have relationship with you and be your kids and spend eternity with you. And Oh, Lord, let us never forget that. Let us celebrate that not only on Christmas Day, but every single day of the year. Father, for those who can hear my voice right now and 
they're so desperate to know what it means to have a relationship with you. I just pray, Lord, that you bring them deep insight and revelation to how crazy you are about them and how much you desperately love them. Father, I pray that they will have the courage to step out in faith and say, I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I declare that he was raised from the dead and I now make him Lord and Saviour of my life. Father, touch those people right now, wherever they are, whenever they're going to hear this message. I thank you, Lord, that you draw people by your spirit. And for those who really haven't been looking forward to Christmas this year, there's pain, there's sorrow, there's heartbreak. There's family feuds and fights and it all seems in the too hard basket. I just ask now, Holy Spirit, that you'll come and bring peace. You are the Prince of Peace. That you will shower people with your love, your healing, your peace, your joy, your hope. Father, I pray that something will happen within the side of them that will bubble up. I'm excited about Christmas. I'm excited because I want to celebrate everything Jesus has done. So, Lord, I thank you that you come and heal the broken hearts. I just pray for a new, fresh revelation of Christmas right now and what it means. And I just pray, Lord God, that you'll do just a mighty work, healing spiritually, physically, emotionally. I pray that this Christmas 2020 is going to be the best, most celebrated Christmas ever, all because of what you've done. And I ask this in your mighty and most precious name on high.